Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Anthology, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. If this is your first time listening, ordinarily, Anthology is a podcast exploring science fiction anthology storytelling during television's first golden age, beginning with The Twilight Zone. But in honor of Black Mirror's new season premiering on Netflix on October 21st, I'm going to be covering each episode of Charlie Brooker's technophobic sci-fi anthology series in this bonus episode series. You can find more of Anthology at anthologypod.com, and if you want to contact me, you can use the Facebook page at facebook.com slash anthologypod. You can tweet me at obsessiveviewer, send an email to matt at obsessiveviewer.com, or call and leave me a voicemail at 317-762-6099. And if you like what you hear and want to support the podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. The more ratings and reviews I get, the easier it will be for people to find the show in iTunes' search results. And if you want to show your support with your wallet, you can do that by clicking the donate button on anthologypod.com. Finally, if you're in Indianapolis, my friends and I at The Obsessive Viewer are hosting an event on October 14th. It's called Shocktober in Irvington, and it's a one-night event screening of short horror films from local filmmakers. We rent out a small theater, screen the short films, interview the filmmakers, and raffle off DVDs, Blu-rays, and gift cards uh, to local businesses. It's our third year doing it, and all the proceeds go directly to the Irvington Historical Society. Um, and as a bonus for anthology listeners, you can get $1 off the price of admission by using the promo code podcast two when you buy your tickets, um, more information as well as a link to buy tickets or to make a donation, uh, can be found at shocktoberinirvington.com. So on this first bonus episode, this is my first bonus episode. It's, it's pretty exciting. Um, on the, today on the first bonus episode of Anthology, I will be discussing my thoughts on the National Anthem. It's the first episode of Black Mirror's inaugural series, and it originally aired on December 4th, 2011 on Channel 4 in the UK. And as usual, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to share a plot summary of, uh, of the episode and then go right into my review. And of course, these reviews and the plot summaries are going, are going to be completely spoiler heavy. Um, I'm not going to spoil other episodes in the show. I'm only going to spoil the episode in which I'm reviewing. So consider yourself warned. <laughs> Okay, so the plot summary, according to Wikipedia, is in the run-up to Christmas, the British Prime Minister, Michael Callow, is woken up and shown a disturbing video. On it, he sees that People's Princess Susanna of Beaumont has been abducted and will allegedly be murdered unless she ha- unless he has sex with a pig on live television. An effort to trace the kidnapper on a deserted campus proves to be in vain, and Michael dismisses his aides' suggestion that a porn star perform the bestiality with the Prime Minister's face digitally superimposed. News coverage and internet tweeters go into overdrive as Michael ultimately le- as Michael ultimately does his duty in a deserted room with one cameraman and a seemingly contented pig. Despite being ordered not to look, millions of people tune in 
though their amusement soon turns to horror at what they see. So uh, before I get to my thoughts on this episode, I'm going to go ahead and just give a really brief rundown of the talent involved. It's not going to be quite as extensive as I do for Twilight Zone, but um, just to keep with the format, um, uh, this episode stars Rory Kinnear as Michael uh, Callow the Prime Minister. He's known for playing Tanner in the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. He also appeared in The Imitation Game uh, recently. And this episode also also co-stars uh, Lindsay Duncan as Alex Kames. Uh, she's known for her roles in About Time and Birdman. And writer for this episode is Charlie Brooker, the creator of Black Mirror. And I have a few clips or a, a few... Um, Excerpts that I want to read from different things where he talks about Black Mirror itself. So at one point he said that, uh, just describing it, he said that uh, each episode has a different cast, a different setting, even a different reality. But they're all about the way we live now and the way we might be living in 10 minutes time if we're clumsy. Uh, So that's just basically the general overview of the series and according to a press release the series was described as a hybrid of the twilight zone and tales of the unexpected which taps into our contemporary unease about our modern world with the stories having a techno paranoia feel and uh channel four described this episode specifically the national anthem as a quote twisted parable for the twitter age and uh in regarding in regarding the title black mirror itself uh brooker explained to the guardian that uh quote if technology is a drug and it does feel like a drug then what precisely are the side effects this area between delight and discomfort is where black mirror my new drama series is set the black mirror of the title is the one you'll find on every wall, on every desk, in the palm of every hand. The cold, shiny screen of a TV, a monitor, a smartphone. Which, when he says between delight and discomfort, makes me think of Serling and uh, between light and shadow. Um, that's just me, though. Uh, director for the National Anthem is Otto Bathurst. Um, this is his only black mirror episode yet. Um, uh, I haven't seen any of his other work, but he did direct three episodes of Peaky Blinders, which is a show that I've, uh, that's been on my radar for a while. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and dive right into my review first. Um, I've, I've seen this episode twice at this point. Uh, this was the second time that I've watched it. Uh, the first time I saw it was, uh, one night in January of 2015. So about a year and a half ago, a little more than a year and a half ago. And, uh, I remember when I watched it, it was, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, but I, I saw it under weird circumstances. I think my, my PlayStation, which I used to watch Netflix on, um, had crapped out. So I just watched it on my phone. Um, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> um, kind of suiting, the show itself, but, um, I watched it on my phone one night, like before bed and I liked the episode. Um, but as I kind of went on and watched the rest of the show, um, in the other episodes, I remember thinking that the national anthem really was kind of, I guess the weakest episode of the bunch at the, at the time. Um, but 
I also felt like maybe that was because it was also more the most grounded episode and uh, the most or the least like futuristic. Um, and maybe that was a bit of a stumbling block for me because it didn't really follow that same, not necessarily the same tone of the rest of the episodes, but it didn't follow that same, um, that same style of it, of the, of the other episodes. Um, but I, I still enjoyed it, but I just remember thinking that each episode after it kind of blew it out of the water. So that's kind of where I was coming from when I was going into rewatching it for this review. And immediately, the first thing I thought was, it was interesting how the first thing that we hear in Black Mirror is uh, the ringing of a phone. And uh, I think it's actually vibrating in the scene, but and it, uh, the episode actually closes on that sound as well. Um, and just the idea alone of a prime minister being demanded to have sex with a pig on national television, like that premise is so absurd and so like it's almost humorous it's almost funny but it's played so straight throughout the episode and it's played so or the episode is so grounded in this kind of terrifying reality of these terrorists from the perspective of the show terrorists have have abducted this princess and are demanding that this act happen or else they will murder her and it's just like that tone and the way it's struck in the episode and the way it's depicted is just so strong and really well done um, it, from a from a storytelling standpoint. And the demand itself, the the demand is so preposterous. But everything about the way that the story unfolds leads us to a point where it makes sense for the ultra surreal and ridiculous demand that it is. Uh, to be carried out. And I don't know when, when watching this episode for this review, I viewed it, I viewed it as a thesis statement for the series itself and kind of the, the point that the series going forward wants to make is that like, like, I don't know what Charlie Brooker thinks of the world and of the internet exactly. (laughs) But I think that the scene where the prime minister's aides are telling him that the video was uploaded to YouTube and that the world knows about the demand um, and how it's just gone through. I think he said, I think one of the aides said that it was like 50,000 people have viewed it or something like that. Um, I think that that speaks a lot about the themes and ideas that are explored within black mirror. And I love that it's all punctuated with the prime minister just uttering uh, f-ing internet <laughs> And that's kind of what this entire episode is about. It's about um, the Internet's drive to participate and spectate and how everyone has their own voice and everyone has this um, everyone has box seat tickets to the drama of the world unfolding as it's presented to us from the media. And that's what this entire episode is depicting is this warped reality that we consume via our social media and via the news and via our conversations on the internet. Um, And it's just the way that it depicts it is just so beautifully dark and disturbing because 
it's real. This is how the world works in this day and age. And it's, it's disturbing. Um, and, and I really like the kind of world building in this episode also. Like, I think that the, the rest of the episodes of Black Mirror going forward, they don't have this grounded present day reality tone. They, they have to build the rules of, of their version of reality in each episode. So maybe in that respect, this is cheating, but I, I really loved the depiction of the government and the news organizations in the national anthem. I think that they really created this cohesive and realistic world and interplay between them. Like that scene where one of the aides screams at the guy from, um, I think it's called, I think it's UKN, the news network. Um, and also one of the, one of the, uh, one of the aides, uh, texting the, the news lady, who is sending sending sexual images to him to get information. It's all, it's all, everything is so cohesive and it's all framed around this um, technology drives us story that's being told. And it's just really fascinating to watch it. Um, and I think that that kind of central theme and idea is represented really well when um, the prime minister speaks to his wife and um, she says, she says to him that she's very distraught and everything, but, and she says it's already happening in their heads, referring to what everyone's saying and what everyone's thinking. And I thought that that was a very poignant and uh, powerful scene and powerful line because it says so much about our society. Um, the world is quick to assume and quick to fill in the blanks whenever um, the media or social media um, uh, brings to light something in the world. And we're very quick to just fill in the blanks and have our own version of what it is that it really, really drowns out whatever truth there may be or or the honesty of it it's really it's really alarming so yeah so i just found that this episode is fascinating this time around like i i said before that this episode is not as uh i did not like this episode as much as the other episodes and that's still very likely the case but I watching this and I'm getting ahead of myself because I have more things to say, but getting, uh, um, but I really found a new appreciation for this episode and I'll talk more about that later. But I found that it was fascinating how the prime minister is forced into doing the act by terrorists. That's just surface level. That's the premise. But what this episode is truly about is how the collective mind of the internet is controlled by the collective mind of the internet and uh, media. And you can see that depicted very clearly in the ending when the audience doesn't want to watch it happen, but they can't turn away. And it's the same as the prime minister being forced into doing something he doesn't want to do. It's all allegorical and it's just really beautifully depicted. And there, there are some things that didn't, quite work for me. Um, and I don't know if they ever will. Um, I liked the escalation of delivering the finger to the news. I thought that was, that was perfectly fine. Um, it also, it also helped bring out, bring to light that people still watch this video where they show the finger and everything, which is such a biting commentary on 
just our collective compulsion to watch things and to consume media to obsessively view it as it were. Um, and just the public's desire to be heard because at that point there's that shift in the public perception of what the prime minister should do. And that's just really, it's really amazing how it contrasts to earlier where the prime minister is told like he's, he's, he's free in all this. Like he's, if he doesn't, if she dies, there's no blood on his conscience or there's no blood on his hands with it. But after that escalation of the finger, it, the, the conversation changes and it forces him to have sex with a pig. Um, which is just, it's just amazing how, how deep this episode is in that it just shows how controlled people are by mass media. It's, it's amazing. Um, but what I didn't like was the reporter going into the building during the raid. I kind of, I'm, I kind of went back and forth. I, I think that that specifically was just a little too much. Um, it seemed kind of not filler, but it seemed like it seemed unnecessary. Like it seemed like it could have been cut out if it needed to be. Um, I get it. I thought it was fine. It was good for the connectivity of it. Like, like she is live streaming her version of it. The, the strike team is, is, has a live feed to the prime minister for it. It's like, I, I get the duality of that, of that, connectivity and everything and how it's you know painting the 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 world that they're building in this in this episode and everything i just thought it was just a little a little too dramatic if that makes sense it was like it was faux suspenseful it was it wasn't authentic suspense for me because the entire episode was filled with suspense and i thought that the suspense of the actual episode was incredible and just from the fact that they're scrambling, it's not so much that they're scrambling to save the princess. Um, it's more so that they're scrambling to figure out what to do and, and what they need to do. And that's all, it's, it's fascinating. There's, there's one scene or there's one line that stuck out to me where one of the spectators on, I think it's in the hospital said the world's bloody broken. Um, and yeah, it's, that's kind of what the show is saying because people can't turn away. People are like, all of the control in this entire episode is a collective of just people yelling and, and how the media is spinning it. And I don't know. I, I, I just really loved that, um, that kind of theme that ran through it. And, that's kind of another thing, like when getting to the point where the prime minister is going to do his duty, um, the shots of the empty city when the tone sounds on the, on the screen, which also the idea of the tone sounding, uh, to, to deter people from watching is fascinating in and of itself because it's drawing attention to it, obviously. Um, but it's, it's a commentary on where we are as a society because, uh, people still, still can't look away. People are recording it. It's just, I, I love the way that the audience was depicted in this, um, in this, in this episode. I, I absolutely loved it, how the spectator aspect of it was shown. Um, but the shots of the empty city were really great and actually made me want to go visit there. <laughs> um, 
I also noticed that like when when the doors open for the prime minister to go in, I think that they added a little pig squeal sound effect that I thought was was kind of a nice touch. And that scene where they walk down the hall and uh, the prime minister's aide is telling is explaining to him all everything, and then the music is kind of pumping through and uh, it's all slow motion and he's walking very slowly. He, um, it's a palpable tension and disturbance that it's just so, so well done. And you really feel the tension of it and how disturbing it is. It it felt very real to me. It didn't feel like this world leader is going to go have sex with a pig. That's kind of funny. It was like, it was just like, how did it, they reach this point? How did this happen? It was just really fascinating. And then that's kind of the, <laughs> um, forgive me for this, for, forgive me for saying this, but, uh, the kind of money shot of the entire episode <laughs> is, uh, is the way that the audience just across the, uh, across the country really are, uh, are staring in awe at what's happening. um, and it's just um, it's amazing the how it how that is depicted because it starts with them being excited and 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 like really eager and um uh thinking it's a, just a big joke and and treating it as as a spectacle like that um and then it just it just turns so quickly so quickly to uh, sympathy and pity and and horror and just the way that that scene is shot and the way that it's it's depicted that that transition is shown is just so amazing to me and the music is just perfect for it it really really uh is just really tragic and that alone is is fascinating to me. Everything leading up to the ending is really fascinating to me from a structure standpoint, from a narrative standpoint, from um, a message standpoint. But the whole fact that this was at the end when it's revealed that this was all a um, abstract art thing um, from some crazy genius guy is just icing on the cake, really, because this is the same kind of thing. He is, he himself is making a statement while also presumably making a statement. I don't know if this was really the intention of the person responsible for the, uh, for the act or for the terrorist act. Um, if that was, if it was supposed to be this implied this way that this was his intention, but, um, the idea that he is using, is using the media in the way that, the internet feeds off of it to perform this act or to have this act done. Um, it's making a statement about basically the same thing that the episode is making a statement about the society, uh, societal and communal aspect of the internet and how it's absolutely despicable and terrifying. Um, but it's just, it's amazing to me that that's, that that's the motivation that it's not an idealistic, um, it's not like it's bred out of ideology or some, some religious extremism or something. It's, it's out of art and being sick of the world, essentially the entire, and after it's all done, just the fact that he let her go half an hour early or half an hour before the prime minister did that specifically because he knew that everyone would be inside watching is just really 
really just gets under my skin, like in a good way. It's disturbing to me and it's tragic and, and heartbreaking really. And seeing the prime minister in the bathroom at the end, puking and crying and, and, and just like everything that he's like traumatized by what, what he's done, what he was forced to do is so just so utterly heartbreaking. And you don't see the prime minister, at least I don't see him as a buffoon or moron or anything like that. I just see him as this guy who's in a corner and just, it's just really, it's really disturbing to me because he, like his life is destroyed (laughs) and it's just, it's so, so heartbreaking, so heartbreaking. Um, and the entire episode is the, the, um, the denouement of the episode in the end credits where it shows the media attention a year later where everyone's moved on. The prime minister is still, um, you know, the prime minister, he's still like, his life hasn't been affected by it. His public life, life hasn't been affected by it and how, um, there isn't, there isn't this big media attention. Everything is still kind of the status quo is still the same. And they're just reflecting on it a year later. And there's some debate about whether or not it was a genius prank or if it was a terrible act, a terrible criminal act and all that, um, all that going on that those are the discussions. It didn't affect any big change, but what's amazing to me is that it shows how fleeting the media's attention span is and how that's kind of underscored by the, by the last scene of the, of the episode, which I thought was incredibly haunting where the prime minister is, is trying to speak to his wife privately and she just doesn't, she just leaves or she goes upstairs and doesn't and ignores him. And it's just, it's such an amazing, amazingly powerful, um, statement about how the media can move on and the media and the hive mind of the internet and the, in the social commentary and the, or the, uh, the commun the communal aspect of, of the internet can, will move on from these things, but it still leaves shattered lives behind closed doors. And, uh, and they, I love that the, that the episode ends on just the lasting damage that's been done. And it's, it's just really, really incredible. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, kind of my closing thoughts on this, I guess I, I'm running out of notes and, and my voice is sore, but, um, uh, my kind of, my kind of overall thoughts on it is that I enjoyed this episode so much more the second time around when I, when I first saw it, I was kind of, it was my introduction to black mirror and I'd heard some positive things about it and I didn't quite know what to expect, but revisiting it now, knowing kind of the overall themes that, that, Black Mirror plays with and, and, um, depicts and, uh, the, the various sandboxes that Black Mirror puts itself in. Um, and then going back and seeing this episode again kind of made me more receptive to kind of the bigger picture and the drama that unfolds, uh, within the story and, and what it, what the storyteller Charlie Brooker specifically is conveying in this, in this episode. And it just like for the last year, year and a half, a little more than a year and a half, I've been kind of like, I kind of, whenever I try to turn people on to black mirror, I think, well, I try to tell them, okay, well watch the first episode. It's, it's a little different. It's, it's really out there and it's a little different from what the rest of the show is like, but, uh, stick with it and watch the second episode and see what you, see what you think about it. 
And uh, after seeing this again, it's like I'm, you know, the first episode is a great indicator for what the show is. And it's it's a great thesis statement for what the show um, wants to be about and wants to become. And very powerful storytelling, very powerful uh, social commentary and very, very relevant today. So, yeah, I, I really loved it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so I guess that about does it for this, this bonus episode of, of anthology. I haven't, uh, uh, done a bonus episode on this podcast yet. So this is new. Um, so if you have any questions, comments, any, 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 uh, feedback on these bonus episodes, feel free to email me at matt at obsessiveviewer.com or check out the Facebook page at facebook.com slash anthology pod. I'm still thinking about doing a, um, Facebook group. Let me know if you'd be, you'd be interested in that. And, uh, yeah. Also tweet me at obsessive viewer and I'd love to get some more feedback on black mirror, um, for these bonus bonus episodes. I'm going to shoot for doing a bonus episode each week. That's kind of a tall order, but, um, the timing is really relevant because, uh, the next six episodes of black mirror are going to be premiering on Netflix on October 21st. And I am unbelievably excited about it. This show is one of my favorite shows currently airing today. And I'm really excited excited that I have a platform to talk about it to the internet. Um, I'm basically (laughs) one of the big themes of black mirror and of, of, of the national anthem is that people demand to be heard and people's voices carry weight and everything. And here I am thinking that my voice is important enough to podcast of, uh, my opinion is important enough to share with the internet. So anyway, if you're listening to this, I really, really appreciate your, um, your listenership and, um, I hope to hear from you soon and, uh, see you guys next week for, um, on the main review, it'll be execution, uh, episode 26 of the twilight zone. But for the next week's, next week's bonus review, I'll be reviewing Episode 2 of Black Mirror, 15 Million Merits. I can't wait to watch that episode again. That episode was incredible and the first time I saw it, and I'm really looking forward to diving into what I loved so much about it um, in this podcast. So thank you guys for listening, and I'll... Thank you for listening to Anthology, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more episodes at AnthologyPod.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please take a few minutes to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. The more reviews I get, the higher the show will be ranked in iTunes search results, making it easier for people to discover it and grow the podcast. Of course, you can always email me your thoughts and feelings about the show to matt at obsessiveviewer.com. You can also tweet me at obsessiveviewer, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash anthologypod, or you can call and leave me a voicemail at 317-762-6099 for a chance to have it played on the show. If you like what you've heard here, I urge you to check out The Obsessive Viewer, a weekly movie and TV podcast I host with my friends Mike and Tiny. 
Also check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where I write movie reviews, TV reviews, and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. If you want even more obsessive content in your life, subscribe to the Obsessive Viewer subreddit at r slash obsessiveviewer and check out obsessivebooknerd.com, our sister site for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out my friend Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com. Once again, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.